Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Attention pro athletes. Want to secure your financial legacy and thrive off the field? Oak Bridge Wealth Management, led by wealth manager Chris Anasetti, is your dedicated financial planning ally. But don't take it from me. Take it from the Dallas Cowboys' Tyler Biotish. He says, Chris set goals financially and has been incredibly impactful in my journey in the NFL. Experience our customized, comprehensive approach, trusted by top NFL players. Don't leave your financial success to chance. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anaceti. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And let Oakbridge Wealth Management guide you across the goal line. Welcome back to Believe in Badgers on the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag and Oakbridge Wealth Management. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined as always by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we doing today? We're good. Every day's a holiday on the podcast, Matt Perkins. Uh, excited to talk about possibly Wisconsin's number one team. Um, and I think everyone can guess what it is. But uh, and it's not football. It's not football. anymore. It's not football. Can't get a ticket. I love it. But uh, I'm really excited to uh, to dive into the volleyball world, which I don't know very much about. Yes. Well, that is why we are here, because, Bernie, you and I both need to get educated. And who better to educate us than Wisconsin volleyball and track alum Alexis Steinbach? Thank you so much for being he- with us here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I don't know how much educating I can do. It's been a while, but I'll try my best. <laughs> yeah, we're both a little thick in the skull, but that's okay. Um, and uh, shout out to Travis Beckham for uh, for putting us all together. For uh, Always shout out to Travis. We love Travis. So um, before we hop into it, I want to remind everyone listening that we are presented by betonline.ag, where they continue to be your number one source for all of your online sports wagering needs. You name it, they've got it over there at BetOnline. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to uh, sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code believe that's B-L-E-A-V bet online where the game starts Alexis we're going to start back with you in your journey before we get into uh, this year's women's volleyball team because you uh, sta- were an absolute standout athlete in high school ended up coming to uh, Wisconsin to play volleyball when did you get into the sport of volleyball and sort of how did you get into athletics in general growing up Yeah, thanks for that question. So I come from an athletic family. My dad um, was a basketball, a pro basketball player. He spent a little bit of time in the NBA and then most majority of his career was overseas. Um, Did a little stint in the equivalent of the G League, but for the older people and older generation, the CBA. Um, And then my mom ran track in college. Um, My sister played volleyball in college as well. So Volleyball was not a sport that we grew up with. It was always basketball. And I, my dad was destined for us to be a, a basketball players. And so maybe just in true teenage rebellion, I tried something different. Um, but my earliest memories of volleyball were just being in a gym actually for basketball and seeing volleyball teams practicing. Um, I went to Davenport Central High School, which has had a really historically strong volleyball program. Um, and 
in that process of just being in the school and with volleyball, you see height, you see speed, and then everyone's like, come try volleyball. I think they kind of recruit from the basketball from the basketball players quite often and fell in love very, very quickly. It's a super fun sport to play. I felt like it had all the pieces that I loved as an athlete. Um, and I love being part of a team sport. Also, obviously loved running track as well, but that team aspect and just having needing people to make it work um, with volleyball really drew me in. And once I started playing in middle school, I never stopped until well, now, I guess a little bit truly retired, but it was a, a big part of my life and still is for sure. So when did you think volleyball could take you to college? And then how did Wisconsin become one of those schools, become the school? Yeah. So for me growing up, I, I grew up with just my mom. My parents were divorced and a lot of my a desire to play sports in college came from the fact that I knew that was the easiest way to afford to go to school um, without having to put my mom in a, a difficult financial position. So it's like, I love playing sports and I can also do that and get my education and leave college without debt. So let's make it happen. Um, and then when I was six, well, I was 15, I had, there was a new volleyball club in Davenport starting and they asked me if I wanted to play. Um, because at that time, Iowa City really had a lot of the big clubs, but that was 45 minutes away. Um, so it worked out almost perfectly given where I was at. And 15 now is just really late or considered to be very late to start a club sport. Um, but it worked out for me. Um, and so once I started playing club and playing in higher level tournaments, seeing college coaches there, that's when I was like, okay, this actually is probably something I'm going to do. And my sister had gone on um, and played at a small division one school in Missouri. So I always knew like, yes, this is a possibility. I just never knew like at what level would I play. Um, so after my 16th year, which is typically and really still, I think one of the bigger years for recruiting, I started to get attention from some of the bigger schools and the big programs. And I actually was really connected with coaches at Washington State. Um, so Brian was a coach, assistant coach at Washington State, got a job at Wisconsin. I had never thought about Wisconsin. I grew up in Hawkeye country. I do not like the University of Iowa. I did not like it before I even came to Wisconsin. Um, still do not. Uh, but that was not going to be an option for sure, but Madison was only two and a half hours away. So my mom and I drove up. I came for an unofficial visit. It was only my second visit. I had gone to DePaul University prior. Um, and when I came in on John Nolan, saw like the Madison skyline, I still remember it to this day um, and seeing that. And I was just like, okay, this like is not what I was expecting whatsoever. And one of the first places they took me on on my unofficial visit was the terrace. Um, and kind of from that point, I was pretty sold on Madison. So I had a, maybe in some ways, a non-traditional recruitment experience where when I came on my second unofficial visit, I committed and then I was done. So it was, it was not Wisconsin really compared to anything else. It was having a relationship with a coach who, who, recruited me quite heavily um, and really wanted to be here. And then when I came and I met the coaching staff, saw the facilities, like the field house is just one of the best places by far to be playing volleyball in the country. 
um, I fell in love and definitely do not regret that decision at all. It, w- it was one of the best decisions I ever made for myself. So when you were re- being recruited, were you being recruited just for volleyball or to be a dual sport athlete to do volleyball and track? Yeah, there were a few schools that definitely opened up the opportunity for both. But at the time that I was deciding what I wanted to do, volleyball was really where it was at for me. I love track and I always will. Um, But I didn't go into college with the desire to be a dual sport athlete. I knew, I think, that my work would be cut out for me regardless. Um, So it worked out at Wisconsin the way it did was, was also really awesome. And to be able to finish my career with a sport that I loved so much in high school and kind of had to leave behind for some time, but it came back full circle. Um, but yeah, so it was a mixture, but with the big pro, like the big 10 schools and what, like the power five schools that I was being recruited by, it was strictly for volleyball. Is the recruit, is the recruiting the same in volleyball? Like, do you come on an official visit? Do you get matched up with someone on the team do you like go party and do things like is it is it the same as the football program? I would assume they're all the same. But what, what was that? What was that like for you then? I mean, you didn't have to party. But it was kind of part of the thing. <laughs> well, I think anyone who's who's coming to Wisconsin kind of knows what they're signing up for a little bit. So I think I had some of that in me initially, which drew me here a little bit more. The team was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun on on the visits. Uh, that's all I'll say there. Um, but yeah, the recruiting process, I think it's very similar line. From a club volleyball perspective, it's unique that you see everyone who's watching you. They're just right at the end of the court. So you are looking at who's got on what sweatshirt, who's watching you. And then once you come on campus for your visits, yeah, you're getting to know your teammates, staying with them. Like we stayed, I stayed in the dorm that I ended up living in my first year. So I felt like I got a true experience of what it was like being not only a student at Wisconsin, but a student athlete and what the interactions were with other athletes, what the dynamic was in the Fetzer Center at the time. Um, And that was a really cool perspective to just see like how much of a, of, a team there was even within like all of the sports and the crossover between the sports. Bernie, I'm sure you found that as well. I, I mean, yes, I never talked to the volleyball girls. I was too, um, what's the word scared. Like I was like, <laughs> wow, look, look at them. I just, so, I mean, this is me 20 years ago. I just was like, Whoa, you, know, you don't see tall women walking around I was just like man this is the best ever but also you get yelled at for looking at when we were in the weight room you get yelled at for looking at anybody else who walked in so um that's what I remember but but I also remember that the team was solid and playing in the field house to me seems so cool it's so historical what's it like walking on the court there and like being surrounded pretty much by Badger faithful yeah, it's special. I mean, there there are not a lot of words to describe it. And it's one of those things where you only have that feeling if you played there and you really know what it means when you're you're an alum. Um, I think uh, one of the best ways I can describe it is going back and being able to bring my daughter into the field house brought back that same feeling just as a fan, because my favorite part of playing at Wisconsin by far is right before the match starts, you get to run out and you get introduced. 
call your name, your number, and then you get to high five all these kids that are just happy to be there. And they love volleyball. Madison is just such a strong volleyball community. And uh, like Nebraska fans get a lot of respect for how well they know the sport. But I think UW fans could give them a run for their money. Um, But they were always engaged no matter how the team was doing. They know the sport. They like it. It's, It's fun to watch. But the field house, it's just home. Like it's loud. It's close. It's cozy. I mean, now it's even nicer. They've got this awesome video board. But the experience is one that's unique because the fans are really involved and they're really connected and you get to connect with them while you're playing. They see you, they know who you are um, and you feel that support. And from players that I knew who played at other big 10 institutions, they despised coming to Madison to play. It was was the least favorite place to play. I think in the big 10. What was your sort of, what, what do you say is like your like signature moment in the field house or like your favorite memory from playing in the field house? Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty easy one. So we, we had a rough go for a few seasons and we were really rebuilding um, ourselves and the, in the program and the big 10 has been the strongest, strongest conference in women's volleyball for some time now. And Penn State back then was like the juggernaut. They had dominated. They had like over a hundred match win streak. And we played them on a Sunday um, afternoon in the field house. Uh, It was in, I think, October. I don't remember the year, Um, but we took them to five sets and beat them. And it was like such a shock. We ended their streak. I mean, they did go on that year to win a national championship. But they did that every um, year back then. <laughs> yeah, that was, I played, yeah, when I played, they had won four years in a row. Um, but it was just one of those moments where as an athlete, you know, going into it, kind of what you expected. And then as a team, everything just clicked. It was working. We were competing. And we, I don't really even think until it was like the fourth set, did we realize like, oh, maybe we'll actually win. Like Maybe we'll make this work. Um, And so it was just awesome to celebrate that. And it was also like a moment to celebrate for the fans too, that had had been there, had been supporting us. And it it all culminated in this like huge win and a huge upset for us. And not many people can say that at that time, for sure, not many people could say that they had beat Penn State. So what does it feel like, like in the moment in against at Penn State? I assume like it's like you're in the zone. You're feeling like it's like something really special is happening. How does that feel like mentally and physically when you're in a five setter like that, when the stakes are so high? Yeah, I think like as as all athletes do, you live for the high pressure moments. You live for being in that position where and for me personally, I, I really liked that pressure, but it's a calmness in a way, too. Um, when you're, we were the underdog quite often, so we didn't have a whole lot to lose and you just put it all out there. Um, but you have a game plan. You have to trust what you've prepared for, trust your training. Um, but it just comes down to who wants it more, who's fighting harder. Um, and that's something I love about watching the team now, how calm they are, but you can tell how hard they're fighting and how bad they want to win, um, and protecting your home court. How, how cool is it for like a volleyball alumni or alumnus, sorry, to see the success that we've had now to like know that you literally have to fight to buy a ticket 
to get people aren't even selling their tickets. It's not like football or basketball or hockey. Like people go to the games. So what's it? It's not even a cult following. It's like a serious group of people that absolutely love volleyball at Wisconsin. How cool is that for for the alums to know like that's where we are now and, and that you all built that? Yeah, it's wild. I mean, it's it's super special. It's funny because anytime now I, I say to someone like I played volleyball, their mouths open and there's a gasp. Or, and then, like that's the effect of the program. Like these these ladies have done so much for the whole sport. Mm-hmm. They've put a lot on the map. They've even they've elevated the University of Wisconsin in ways that. I wouldn't have even imagined to be like, I knew it was possible, but to actually see it come to fruition is amazing. Um, And it just shows like with investment and the right coaches, the right players and personnel and just the support that's always been there too. It's like the best gift you can give a fan base that has always been loyal is to be able to watch a national championship team compete um, and watch amazing volleyball. Like every night, it's a, there's a dog fight and you're just, you, you know, you're going to be up against the toughest competition. Um, and it's exciting to see in those matches that they've had recently too, are just great for the fans. So I know you didn't get to play for coach Sheffield, but you know, obviously you're still very involved with the university. I'm sure I've gotten to know him. What has been your impression of him in the past decade as the volleyball coach and how, like what have been some of the specifics you think that have really helped the program grow under his leadership? Yeah. I mean, coach Sheffield, I've definitely gotten the chance to know him, his wife, Kathy, their kids. Um, They're awesome and awesome family. And I think, he knows his stuff really well. He competes, but what I've seen and what I've heard as well from players that I even played with that played for him is just like, he cares a lot about his athletes. He cares about them as people. He's their biggest champion and cheerleader and pushes and motivates them. Um, And I think he also instills the desire to win. Like he's a competitor uh, their team is super deep. He's brought in new pieces. And that's something that I was always curious to see with the transfer portal and how many new players they'll get that they didn't anticipate um, they were going to have. How does that then translate into team success? And he's mastered that, in my opinion. I mean, all of the new pieces to the program and Sarah Franklin coming in, Temi, all, all of these athletes are making such an impact um, without seeing any kind of a lull or a challenge there um, or whatnot. So, I mean, whatever he's got cooking with his staff it is working really well. Um, and it's been exciting to see the team continue to even get better. And I think that this is one of the best teams I've ever seen. So you mentioned transfer portal, which I, I love and hate at the same time. <laughs> um, but how cool is it? For, I mean, the NIL is now for everybody. Mm-hmm. How great is it to have, women athletes be able to get paid for making money. I mean, volleyball makes money at the university and that's not like it is everywhere else. And now you can get paid. What, what, what do you think that's like for, for the, for the people playing? I don't, I mean, I don't know anything about the volleyball team making money, but I would assume that they're doing pretty well. Yeah. I think they're doing all right. I mean, yeah, 
number one number one sport at Wisconsin, right? That's got to count for something. I I think it's an amazing thing. I think it's an amazing thing for all all student athletes. And I think with volleyball particularly, there's such a following of young youth volleyball players that are seeing this and seeing what's possible, not only from an athletic perspective and an academic perspective, but also in ways as a business, uh, from the business side of things. And it's hard work to be out there every day. They're, they're at the forefront of a lot of things. And when you win a lot, people want and are demanding more of you and they want to hear you speak more and, you know, and give back and have that presence. So for them to be able to also be able to benefit from that financially and then leave school in a better place once their careers are done. And when they go pro, that looks really different. So seeing the difference between the success you can have in NIL and and how you can set yourself up before you go into a pro career, or if you're going to just, you know, you're the plan is to not play anymore. Um, That's been really interesting to see. And it'll be interesting to see how that continues to evolve um, over time. But I think it's absolutely awesome for them to be such strong role models with young women who we need to continue to motivate to stay in sports and to want to reach those goals. So when you were playing, what would have your dream NIL deal been? Like what what would have been the most beneficial for you in Madison as an 18 to 22 year old? Oh, man, that's a very difficult question. Um, I mean, I love clothes. So being a Lululemon ambassador would have probably been right up there. That's when Lulu was blowing up too. Um, so that would have been great. But honestly, I think Culver's would have probably been where it would have been at for me, not only from the financial perspective of what could come of Culver's, but that's just the most Wisconsin like thing I could really think of. And to just have unlimited cheese curds and Butterburgers would be pretty nice. Lemma, you just need Butterburgers, cheese curds, Culver's, and Lululemon workout gear, like in the same sentence. Athleisure. That's uh, putting I the love le- that. Putting the leisure in athleisure, right there. I Lululemon is would be one of my top two. Mm-hmm. My top would have been one of any of the the light beers. <laughs> I just would have pitted them all against each other. Hey, which one do you want me to drink every day? Miller Lite? Cool. I'm in. Um, Wait, Alexis. So do you think that volleyball is the most, like, fan-friendly sport that we have at Wisconsin? Because I say this because you you deliver the tickets or the, the, the players deliver the tickets, which looks awesome. I mean, people must be, like, so ecstatic to even... So cool, to be honest, to just walk up to someone's door and knock on it and be like, here's your season tickets. Like, we're so happy to have you. Like, so I don't know. To me, that stuff brings, you know, you have kids on the the the, the court that you high five. Like, my uncle goes to the, my wife's uh, uncle. So now he's my uncle goes to the games and he's obsessed with it. He won't miss a game. I don't even ask for a ticket because I don't want him to say no. So, like, is do you think it is that and, and is it is that's part of like this beautiful culture of, of volleyball. Yeah, I think it's, I think volleyball is unique that really anybody can watch it and know what's happening. It's a, it's a very simple sport when you think about how you score points and what the objective is to win. Obviously there's a lot of complexities that a lot of fans are very well aware of. 
um, and they're invested in. I also think that what makes it unique, especially at Wisconsin, is that within the field house, the fans are so close to you. They see you. You don't have any gear. We're not wearing helmets. We're not wearing all this equipment. Like they see you. They see your facial expressions. They can hear the communication. So there's such a part of it that I think it feels great. And then when the momentum shifts or there's a big, there's a huge kill or a block or anything, everyone collectively gets into it. Um, so I think like that's, it's easy to watch. It's fast. It's relatively quick. Like even a five set match, you're in it and like you're locked in the whole time, regardless of how long it's taking. Um, so I think it's just a great spectator sport to watch. And I think a lot of people also enjoy playing it in this area too, which adds to that like investment in watching really high level volleyball. Attention athletes. Do you want a frictionless and tailored financial planning experience to secure your future? Well, look no further. Introducing Oak Bridge Wealth Management, the premier financial planning firm for professional athletes. Led by wealth manager Chris Anasetti, our team provides a unique and comprehensive approach, ensuring your financial success both on and off the field. We understand the unique challenges you face as a professional athlete, from managing cash flow habits to planning major business purchases and navigating complex contracts. That's why we've developed a proven process, working closely with our strategic partners to provide seamless solutions for your unique financial journey. Our services evolve with your career, offering short, mid, and long-term goal setting, portfolio optimization, real estate investments, and more. As you transition to life beyond the field, we support you with career development and philanthropic ventures. But don't just take our word for it. Top NFL players like Chase Roulier, Tyler Biotish, Alec Ingold, and more trust Oak Bridge Wealth Management to guide them towards financial success. Troy Dye of the Minnesota Vikings says, I really love the work that Chris and the rest of the Oak Bridge group do. I especially like the honesty and transparency when it comes to setting up financial goals and plans that best fit my needs and situation. It's time to elevate your financial game plan. Connect with Chris on Instagram at OakbridgeWM underscore Anacete. That's OakbridgeWM underscore A-N-I-C-E-T-E. And join the winning team. You mentioned like they can see you, they can hear you. How hard is it mentally to, to be locked in and not be 19 or 20 and use foul language or use facial expressions that you know like someone could pick up on like that to me would be impossible how hard it was that is that part of the game yeah you don't really you don't really care about that like that's part of it it happens and you want people to see your personality so maybe i've used a choice word or two and someone heard it but that's passion like it's the desire that's coming through and I think that, you know, a, a lot of it, too, and what I see now is like, which wasn't the case when I was playing, the interactions across the net get pretty heated at times, too. And so I think it's that's something that I've just really enjoyed because they're really embracing them as athletes and competitors. And it's not like, oh, we need to be like, make sure as women or whatever, we're being like polite. And it's like, no, like it's a dog fight and like, let the dog out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. 
I love it too, man. How would you, what was your demeanor on the court? I was, I had a, a lot of dog in me, maybe that kind of sounds funny. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to win. Um, and maybe at times that got me in a little bit of trouble. Uh, and the passion there needed to be a little bit more focused. But yeah, I don't, I don't believe in ever walking on a court with walking out and not wanting to win and not doing everything that you can to help your team um, and help, you know, help those around you to reach that common goal of, of ending the match with a win. So yeah, that was, that, that was my mentality. I was, got real excited um, when good things happened. I wasn't jumping into people's arms like Golche is, but I love that. I love her energy and she's super intense, which I think is also great. You just see how her teammates feed off of that, that intense, um, the intensity that they have is really cool to see. Yeah, so let's let's talk about this team then, because obviously last year, in a lot of ways, was disappointing. Didn't even make it back to the Final Four after being national champions in 2021. We've got a you know a matchup between the last two national title winners here in the Final Four between Wisconsin and Texas. Talk to us a little bit though about sort of the growth of this team over the season and how they've had to bounce back from some adversity, especially in the wake of you know what was you know when a program is this good, a disappointing season is finishing in the elite eight. Yeah. I was like disappointing and elite eight just don't make sense to me together in the same sentence. Like I get it. I think it's, they've earned the respect to have very high standards, right. Of how they're going to finish a season. And so last year was tough, but that was an awesome um, match. And it, whenever it's a five setter and you're losing that close, it could go either way. Um, but the team, I think, from what I've seen and how they play, they have that desire. They know how good they are when they're playing really well. Um, and their composure this season is, is re much improved. I, th I think they were always a very composed team, but I've never watched a team that truly doesn't ever display being rattled. Even in the matches that they've lost this season, they've remained composed. They have this calmness and confidence about them as a unit, which is quite dangerous. Like if I were playing against the t this team, every match I'd be concerned because you know how solid they are. They're well experienced. They have great leaders um, and every person does their job. And I think as a coach, for Coach Sheffield, like that's all you can ask for is like every person on the team knows their role. They do their job. They work together. And the match against Oregon showed that even when they got down a little bit, they just turn around and they're like, we got this. They're not concerned. And you can just feel it. Um, so while everyone else is stressed out, I'm just like, ah, oh, they'll be fine. They're going to be all right and pull this off. To me, I think it was really important to see the team in the tournament a couple rounds ago sort of get revenge on Penn State for that loss earlier in the season because, you know, we talked about Penn State being that amazing team for the 2000s, right? They've waned a little bit. Nebraska's become one of the big national powers again. I mean, they've always kind of been there. But, you know, when Wisconsin lost back-to-back -back games over the season, one of those was Penn State, and I thought it was, you know, really sort of galvanizing to see them sort of bounce back from that and be able to get that revenge uh, a couple stages ago in the tournament. Sort of what do you see, um, you know, from in, in the tournament over the last couple of weeks? Do you think this team is peaking at the right time? I guess is like sort of like the right question. Ask the question I'm trying to ask. Yeah, I think that – Yeah, I, I think in some ways, yes. I also just think that they – 
were able, you know, Anna Schmeck wasn't in or wasn't playing when they played against Penn State, mm-hmm. and that has a pretty significant impact on their lineup. Like Yulia Orzla has to pop back out on the outside, and that's not what she had been doing so far this season. So there's always an inherent challenge there. Um, and I I think that they like their peak is just so steady. Like they don't need to play out of their minds to to win and to win a national championship. I think they just need to keep doing what they're doing. Um, and I think they know that as well. They know what they have. They know who they have. Um, and so I think that those losses earlier in the season are always helpful and in some ways maybe necessary. Like trying to run the table and go undefeated and win a national championship is an awesome goal, but you also want to get tested some and you don't want that to happen in the tournament because that there's no coming back from it if you, you – take the test, you lose, um, you don't have a chance to redeem yourself in that season. So I think those earlier season losses just helped them um, mm-hmm. and challenged them in a way that prepared them for the challenges they faced so far in the tournament. Okay, well, I've got, I've got more questions, Vern, if you, if you don't have keep them. Going. because I, oh, Keep I going. Okay, great. So um, let's, uh, but I want to get into the nitty gritty of the Texas game here in just a second. But if you're the Badgers, and all things go right, you beat Texas. Do you want to face Nebraska, your probably your biggest rival in the national title game, or do you want to face Pittsburgh, the team that knocked you out last year? I that's really tough because you, it depends on who you are, which one you do. Personally, for me, I would find I would prefer to play Pittsburgh, and that's only because they've already seen Nebraska twice. Um, there could be, I think they actually are quite confident if they match up against Nebraska again, but I do like the, the idea of the revenge in a national championship game. I just think it, it, it makes the story, right? It's going to sell the headlines. That's going to be the ESPN intro. If it's Wisconsin Pitt, um, and it gives a little bit something different, but I also, I also think playing a team like Nebraska is a great team. They, they played really well. Um, and I like how they match up against them. So in this matchup with Texas, if for the more casual volleyball fans like Bernie and myself, who, I mean, I know I'm tuning in. I know Bernie's tuning in. I know we're trying to help all the badges around there tune in and get uh, and get in here. What should we be watching for against Texas? Who should we be watching out for? And what do you think the biggest keys to the game are? Yeah, Texas is also a team that's got quite a bit of experience on their roster. Um, You know, they've got Maddie Skinner. So she won a national championship at Kentucky um, and then transferred, transferred over to Texas. And so with she's got a heavy arm, super athletic, can hit from anywhere on the court. So slowing her down is going to be important. Um, something that even the the intro volleyball fans and players know is serving and passing wins matches. Um, so if Wisconsin can stay in system, they're much deeper, in my opinion, than Texas is. Um, and they have a lot. They, they're just really in control of the match when they're in system. And then putting pressure on Texas's big outside hitters to have to pass and and hit at the same time and really challenge them um, is going to be important. But yeah, Texas with Asia O'Neill, she's been in school for maybe seven years now or something like that. I lose track with all of the COVID years and other things like that. But 
you know, she's been in a net that she, they've won several players on Texas's team have won a national title, but that's not really that different for, you know, for Wisconsin. So they've both been in these situations, but I, I like the Badgers chances. And I think they're quite deep. So, I mean, the Badgers this week had uh, four new All-Americans named Sarah Franklin, Anna Smrek, uh, Carter Booth, and Devin Robinson. Obviously, th- you know, those are obviously the big names. We- we've been hearing about uh, both Anna and Sarah, especially for a long time. Devin, what is this, her third All-American team, fourth All-American team, something like that? So w- what do these girls especially bring to the table that makes them unique? Yeah, I mean, just starting with Sarah, I think she's a a top candidate for the player of the year. And I really think if she doesn't get it, that's a a huge miss for everyone because I have never in my entire career or life seen an outside hitter that's as efficient as she is. Like hitting 460 is hard to do as a middle and that's kind of expected. She's hitting way beyond. It's like a bat. We always talk like it's a batting average. She is 460 is wild. Um, on the season. So the consistency and when I talk to folks, I don't know how she does it. She does it though. She figures it out and she scores points for her team. Um, and Adeshmak obviously is, she's a gamer. She plays hard. She, when they need to score, somehow she figures it out for them. Devin has just been solid. Like I have a special play in my heart, place in my heart for number 10. Um, for sure. That was my number and also very similar positions at times. So she, she's been solid. And I think when it comes down to the tournament, having a player like her on your side of the court is what you need. If she's going to show up, she's going to compete. Um, and then Carter has been like just an awesome addition in the middle and the way that she moves being that tall, like I would never want to play against our front line at 6'8", 6'9", 6'7". I just can't imagine what that's like. As a, I can't imagine it in some ways as, a, as an attacker. Um, but they just are so athletic, so strong, and their blocking will definitely be a huge difference maker against a team like Texas. Wait, I have a layman question for you. As I watch volleyball, when the players jump up to block, are nobody scared for their faces? Tell me. It's like blocking 101. You're never blocking with your hands like behind your head. You're blocking with them out in front of you. And you do get hit in the face. I've been hit in the face. I've left a game with a bloody nose. And then that's how you learn to protect your face because you don't want that to happen. Um, but yeah, when your head's above the net, which many of them are, you just have to get those hands over to protect yourself. I find that to be the coolest part to me is is the attempting to block some of these big shots. Yeah. I, it it must take such just like I don't even know what the term is to just go up there with Bernie. The the, the, you, the term is chutzpah. Like chutzpah. Like, I'm yeah. not gonna use that, but like. You know, just to go up there and say, F it. I'm going yeah. to block this ball that someone's going to smash at me, and I don't care what happens. Like, I love that. No. Yeah. Hopefully it goes back down on their side. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's my favorite part of watching the games, by the way, is is that excitement. Yeah, for sure. 
I just I love it when it's set and you've got like three different girls jumping and you have no idea where the ball is going to be set to. I'm always like I like my depth reception isn't there. I'm like, where the heck is the ball going? And then it's gone to the third girl on the outside and she slammed it home. Like, I know it's it's so exciting. And you talked about like the camaraderie of the girls and the girls on the team. Like, how important is that? to being a successful program because i mean like again from the outside as a as a layman as as bernie would put it like after every single point you see the girls go together on the court talk about it and like that's something you've seen since like middle school if you or like high school Mm -hmm. volleyball matches i mean our my my little podunk town in hanover new hampshire had you know had a volleyball team so we'd go to the matches and you'd see that like how important is that chemistry and camaraderie to being successful yeah i mean it's everything i think something that I always pay attention to in this, obviously on the team, they support each other. But if you watch Wisconsin when they are in a timeout, pay attention to how little the coaches ever talk to the team. Their timeouts are like largely run by their team and their leaders. And that takes a lot of confidence in your athletes. Um, But that means that they trust each other and they listen to each other. And being able to come together as a team, especially when they're in tough positions, when you see them in timeouts and they're losing, Sarah Franklin's got a smile on her face. And that that just shows like we're fine. There's no need to panic. We got each other. I got your back. You got my back. Um, And let's go out and let's win this match. So having that cohesiveness and that camaraderie, any team that's in an, in this stage of being in a final four for volleyball has to have that to be successful. What do you talk about in those huddles? Sometimes absolutely nothing related to volleyball because <laughs> you don't need to anymore. Um, I mean, it could be anything. It could be strategy, what's working, what's not working. It could just be like, hey, we just need to reset. Um, it could be a lot of venting about what's happening or what's sometimes we just had real like heart to hearts in in timeouts and had to level set or you just need it as a break to chill and like things are going the best timeouts are the ones that your coach doesn't call (laughs) absolutely absolutely um so we've only got a couple more minutes uh my my next question here though is sort of for the future of the sport like we said it's been growing a lot we're getting more tv coverage of it as well i think it's going to be interesting to see some other strong teams join the big 10 and you know in those schools from the pac-12 so how do you see the future of the sport uh, of ncw volleyball growing in general and at wisconsin in specific Yeah, I think in general, like, yeah, the TV coverage is huge. It just puts the sport out on the map. I think with the Pac-12 teams, which all four of them have have very strong volleyball programs, will be great for the Big Ten. It'll also be great from a recruitment standpoint um, for schools in the conference, um, as well as, like, giving the athletes just more opportunity to compete at a high level. Like, for Big Ten fans, they're going to be in for quite the treat of basically watching a mini NCAA tournament throughout the regular season. Um, That's kind of what it's shaping up to be. Um, But then I think in terms of growth, like the more that young women see how you can be a competitor and be on a high state, a high level, like carry yourselves well. I think the Wisconsin volleyball team has just done an awesome job of that and really found ways to connect with others, but I just love how they compete and how they show that you can compete and you can be competitive and you can get in someone's face. Um, And I don't think that that's always instilled in young women when they're competing. 
Um, so I think, yeah, the sport will grow. The club scene, the youth scene is already on fire. And in Madison, we're getting a pro league. You know, Lauren Carlini is headlining this this League One Love Volleyball, which is, is just announced a partnership with USA Volleyball. That's huge for Madison. Um, and they've got a Madtown Juniors is just a massive club that's grown really quickly um, in a short number of years. And so I think a lot of of good is going to come of it. I think for the Badger volleyball team, the amount for me speaking as an alumni, I couldn't be more proud to see what they've overcome, the success that they've had. And when you talk about like once a Badger, always a Badger being a proud Badger, like they're making it happen. Um, And I've seen just like our volleyball alumni really get behind them and be really supportive and excited about the work that's being done um, and the work that they're putting in to get, get on the, these stages. Alexis, do you have a volleyball like group chat that has hundreds of people in it or like tons of ex players? No, I think that there's probably a Facebook group out there that exists. Um, and we, you know, we stay connected. I have actually being in Madison and being in Madison now as an alumni, I have met women who were on the first team that Wisconsin had and hearing those stories and, Kelly and his staff, Jess, they've done a really great job of organizing these alumni events and getting folks back. And I was at one last spring, actually, or last fall, where we heard from everyone, like, what was your favorite memory? When you span from, like, the first, who who was on the first team, they're driving themselves to their matches. They don't, (laughs) like, you. it puts it into perspective to you, but just, like, what everyone took away from their experience as a Badger, whether they were winning a Big Ten championship or not um, is really special. And so it's just, it's always awesome to see that support. And obviously you wear it with pride when your team's in the final four. Absolutely. All right. We'll, we'll get you out of here with a prediction for, okay. uh, for the final four. So what, what have you got for us? Well, I've got Wisconsin all the way with unwavering support. <laughs> um, that's also backed by how strong they are and how I think they'd match up against Pitt or Nebraska. I think Pitt can get the best in Nebraska and we'll see a rematch uh, or uh, Wisconsin will get their shot at revenge. And I hope I am able to put a 2023 national champs banner up here. Absolutely. Well, I know that we would all love to see that here. Um, Badgers playing Texas on Thursday night, uh, probably uh, should be saying tonight as you're hearing this, um, will be uh, 8.30 Central. Uh, that's after the Nebraska pit game, which is earlier. Uh, we hope everybody is tuning in to that. And speaking of tuning in, thank you for tuning into the Believe in Badgers podcast on the Believe Network.ag and Oak Bridge Wealth Management. Uh, Thanks again, and until next time, on Wisconsin. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.